Welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I'm Brad. I'm Jeremy. And Jeremy, we are doing our Loose Deuce series. What is a Loose Deuce? Uh, so Loose Deuce is usually where we're coming back and uh, looking at some some things that are not necessarily like the number two sequel in a series. Um, just kind of trying some things. In the past, we've done prequels uh, and we've done spinoffs uh, and we've done... Right. I'm trying to think of what else we've done. That's kind else. of about it for the most we part. We did one other one. Yeah. I had to think about it. Yeah. But uh, we are doing uh, more of those in a way. Yeah. If, if, go ahead. Well, there's also some other right types of uh, movies that we thought you know we want to focus on, but there aren't necessarily like tons of examples of. There's some, but um, we just thought that like let's talk about some of these random things because maybe sure. they're not necessarily deserving. We get their asked own. that a lot, like what what makes a sequel, what what is a sequel, yeah. are these things that are in the universe's sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a sidequel? You were to ask, right? Yeah. So what is a sidequel? Uh, so the sidequel. Um, and again, it's like just kind of a, a term that people have come up with. So you might hear alternate kind of definitions, uh, from the, uh, original kind of standpoint, the side cool was a movie that, uh, took place in the same universe, but that was unconnected, uh, or at least like the story was not deeply connected, connected to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get, um, uh, like universal soldier, and uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, right? Uh, things like that. They right. both take place in the same universe. They both have some of the similar concepts, right. but they uh, are not like yeah. that intertwined. Where they rules of attraction and uh, American Psycho, correct? Yeah, because they are kind of cycles, yeah, because of the Bateman characters. Yep, the brothers, yeah, the brothers. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do the 2016 movie Split. Speaking of sidequel, you would call this a sidequel, yeah. correct? Yeah, I would this treat is, this as a sidequel. I would say this is a really good example of one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it takes place in the same universe sure. uh, as 1999's uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, ni- uh, 2000. Was it? Yeah, 1999 was The Sixth Sense. Oh, that's right. About 2000, yeah, 2000 2001? Maybe 2000's was Unbreakable. It's easy to get confused because of that time. I mean, because he, I mean, he shot so huge with, um, with the Sixth Sense. And as we were talking about the director M Night, um, that I think so. I think that yeah, that it was two thousand. Was it two thousand? Yeah. So uh, this is the sidequel of the two thousand movie mm-hmm. Unbreakable, uh, split starring James McAvoy in the uh, title role, um, and uh, and I would say. Uh, a star-making role for uh, Ann Taylor Joy as Casey. Would you agree with that? I mean, yes. this is. I mean, this is. You know. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty early right. uh, performance by her, and it's an exceptional performance. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And now, some sometimes side quills, um when you uh, like when you talk about them, some people say there are things that have to be happening, like the events have to be happening at the same time. Well, that's not a sidequel. No. Well, and so a sidequel can have the same right. kind of thing going, but that actually falls into a different category, which we'll get in more uh, more into in another episode, but it falls into the category of paracool. Sure. Which is where two storylines are happening <clears throat> in parallel. At the same, almost the same time. Yeah. In a way. So we'll get to going on that one. But uh, do we have a plot synopsis on Split? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I would in case say... people have not seen Split. Yes. And, and spoiler alerts are an effect of a movie from 2016 because there is a movie that comes out later on. Yes. Uh, a couple of years later, I think it was a year... It's been out maybe a year now? Glass, yeah, maybe? Glass. Correct. So, spoiler alerts are an effect. You cannot talk about certain movies without uh, spoiling this movie yeah. and spoiling other movies. So uh, yeah. spoilers for this uh, and Unbreakable, I yeah. would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, here we go. Art class schoolmates Casey, Claire, and Marsha are about to embark on a journey into pure nightmare when an innocent birthday party at a mall ends up in an abduction in broad daylight. 23 suppressed personalities reside in, inside Kevin Wendell Crumb, a shattered man with dissociative identity disorder. 
However, from the horde, uh, however, from the horde that plagues Kevin, some identities are inevitably more sinister than others. Sooner or later, an elusive twenty-fourth beast persona will emerge in all its glory as an amalgam of Kevin's qualities and the highest form of human evolution. Mm. But could the beast be only a fantasy? Ooh, find out in the shocking movie. You would say, yeah. <laughs> the answer is so no. basically this movie is the. I mean, this movie is um the, the tale of the abduction and what happens during when he uh, has the three girls captured, and uh, the side story of the um, the doctor that's looking after Kevin as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, but before we go any further, well, I do have some information about this movie. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to be uh, in in, uh, in in talks to play. I heard the, that. Uh, the character of the James McAvoy character. I heard that. Um, that would have been kind of an interesting. I, I think you would have still gotten a really good performance. I just think maybe the nuances would have been different. Uh, just because, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix is such a different actor. Yeah. I great. still think he could pull it off. Oh, I'm sure he could. I just think it would be different, kind of, with the movie. And there's a certain. He's too old for it, too. That's true, too. And there's a certain softness that uh, James McAvoy has in some of his characters and, and a certain hardness that he has in some of his characters that I just don't think you would get that as much with a Joaquin and Phoenix. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. I just don't. I don't anticipate. I, I can't picture Joaquin Phoenix in it. Like, sometimes you can... Be like, yeah, I could see that. I could see that actor. But man, I have no like. I think he could do it. I just don't really picture him doing it. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. Probably not. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. But whatever. Speaking of not making any sense, we are part of the No Phony Podcast Networks. That's what we call a segue, folks. Making no sense at all. Meaning we are just a ragtag group of podcasts that have no common sense. Because we don't. We have no just sense in general. We have no commonality except that we are part of a wonderful podcast network. Um, A lot of podcast networks... They tend to have a tendency to go for a specific genre, uh, comic books, movies, horror, yeah. horror, you name it. We are a bunch of things. So we are a podcast network that has comedy podcasts. We have sports podcasts. We have political podcasts. We have podcasts about podcasts. I swear we do. We have uh, <laughs> scientific. We have scientific. We have, we have a comic book one, too, as well. We have mm-hmm. all different types of podcasts. We got people that are rambling, people who are ranting. Those are two different things because one rambles and the other one rants. Love it. <laughs> we have, uh, and actually this month's uh, featured podcast is Comic BS. Comic we BS. Beige. So there you go. So that's, uh, of course, it's about comic books. So go. Uh, go check them out, especially if you, uh, you know, are either really uh, an expert in comics or even if you're kind of a novice and just mildly interested or you know know them through the movies go check it out so uh, let's return back to our cycle of split so like we were talking about before what makes this a cycle well there's a lot leading up to that discussion so let's talk about that leading up to what makes it a cycle I think we at this point we can't really we can't really talk about it being a cycle Unless we talk about the movie, right? Right, right, right. So I think we should. So um, yeah. where should we start with this? Should we just start about um, James McAvoy, his character, characters? Yeah, absolutely. Or do you want to go for it? Or, or the, the girls being abducted because they do get abducted. Um, well, fairly, I mean, this movie, it, what's good about this movie is, is it starts and it never, like, it never falls. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I agree. They get abducted right away. Yes. Like, there's no time to breathe in this movie. And and they do it there in a way... There are flashbacks, but they're, you know, but yeah. even those are... But they do it in a way where, like, um, when the abduction starts, you're just kind of as lost as the rest of them, right? Like, it's not a build-up of the world, and you see somebody, like, skulking in the background. It's mm-hmm. just, like, 
it just suddenly happens. There's just very right. little lead into it. Right. And a lot of like when you were first watching his movies, you do there's there's a certain I don't want to say learning curve, you know, but there's a certain way of looking at it where you're not necessarily looking at it in the way that maybe he wants you or he he wants you to look at it in the way that you look at it in the third or fourth viewing, but he's shooting it in the way that he wants you to look at it in a first viewing. Yes. So he can do that in a way, which obviously he can. He, he did that with The Sixth Sense. He also did that with Unbreakable, which uh, both Jeremy and I probably say is, is his best movie. You would say so, right? Yeah, I, mean, that's I think so. Pretty, that's a masterpiece in my book. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful movie. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. And uh, towards the end of the movie, it was like, okay, we need a sequel to this. It just lends itself to a sequel if you finish the movie and you watch it. Including to where it became almost comedic in a way to get a sequel. I remember watching Parks and Rec and uh, the the Tom character was all like, hashtag, we need a sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Well, and, and he... And forever, there's rumors that there was going to be... Yeah. Well, that's the, the rumor had always been that he intended right. to uh, have a, like, make it a trilogy... And I think people, like, after a while, it became kind of like, at the beginning, people held out hope, and then it just kind of became a joke after yeah. that. Just like a lot of things where you're like, you know, you hold out hope for, uh, like, a really good show, really good movie to, like, pick right. up this new life, and it just never kind of coalesced. Mm. I think the first time I was watching this movie, um, I really didn't pay attention to the doctor scenes as much. Yeah. And cared more about, like, the girls... And the captivity of them. This time, I paid more attention to the doctor scenes. I think mm-hmm. I wanted to get more uh, in that because I think that was that kind of uh, what she was doing or her character kind of builds more of a mythology. That uh, because now when you know the twist ending at the end, yes. you kind of want to know more of a mythology of what's going on. And that's kind of I think that's kind of what her character is used for in a way used for exposition and used to do that. Would you say so? I would say so too. Yeah. The, um, and I was kind of with you. Played like play f- by uh, Betty Buckley. Oh yeah. The famous Betty Buckley. <laughs> well, she's she wonderful. Is. She does too. a lot of oh. theater stuff. Yeah. Um, and she does a really good job. She's been in multiple M night movies as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately she was in the happening. That was <laughs> one of them, but no, the, um, I think that, um, yeah, like before I didn't really, to me, the doctor was just like, eh, like Mm -hmm. I think of it like, um, you have that character who shows up in a lot of horror movies where it's just kind of like the doctor who's like, you know, and I think he wanted you to think that. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's what I thought it was. But then after a while, I guess this time too, I was just like, wow, you're so much more savvy than I remember. Yeah. Um, like she was just like, oh no, I'm your friend. Come on. Yeah. Like, and got like way far into this world. Um, I'm glad that like, that's as far as it went. Like she wasn't bad. She just was like, you know, trying to understand and get mm-hmm. close and has worked with him. So like she knows how to get in there. Um, but like part of me was like, well, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh God, don't make her like part of this like she's a villain or whatever right. it is like that's was something i was afraid oh, really? of yeah yeah i just was all like oh she's just a secondary character not not really she's just there to to move the plot along now there is a scene that get that people do get and when you first watch this movie it's confusing the scene right because you're like what and it in the second time i watch it there, there is a little insight to it because you are watching it for the second time. But there is a scene where she's saying goodbye to one of her patients, and then there's there's a lady that um, we assume is a neighbor or something. We don't know, um, but she she looks out from the door and says, "Come here," you know. Yeah. And so she goes there, and she's talking to her, and um, and she's watching Wheel of Fortune, and she's like, "Don't use your thumbs to like." Do you know the yeah. scene I'm talking about? Um, many people find it really confusing. Like, why put this in? But some people say that that's actually a ghost and that she also has the sixth sense. 
huh. that she can see dead people. Yeah. So there is that loose connection that people have brought into that. I actually think that she's actually just another one of her patients. That, oh, she, think so? that she doesn't really live there, that she's just one of her patients. Yeah. And that this is one of her personalities that she has. Yeah. So that's what I think. Because she can't interact with a lot of things. Yeah. So she doesn't pick up the phone. She's like, I'm going to call. Yeah. I mean, you see her like struggling to pick it up right. and then they cut away before she actually does. Before she does. So some people mm. say she could possibly be a ghost. And when the doctor goes on to the Skype call and, and is talking about the whole discovery and this is why how supernatural stuff comes to be. Yeah. Um, they say that that is um, kind of like her saying of the connection between um, like the sixth sense world and, yeah. and, and, and whatnot, which I find very interesting if that's the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is kind of a throwaway scene if it's not that. It's just kind of like throw away. And we all know he doesn't just throw away a scene. He throws away a whole movie. Yeah. Well, and then happening. Also, I wondered if it was like her lover or like that was her partner. Um, Because she she says this thing about when he's like, um, do you um, like, do you live alone? And she says, you know, we've talked about this. She never really answers it. True. And she uh, she then later says, uh, I never chose to take the traditional path. You know, my patients are my family or like my children. Right. So like I kind of took it to mean that like uh, that that was her partner. It still could be. And she still could be a ghost. Could be. You know. Yeah. She could, you know, see her partner. That's a very good observation, too. I didn't even think of that. Um, but I did focus a lot more in on her because I just wanted to get more. I felt like I was getting to know um, James McAvoy's character a little bit more through her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In ways that I wasn't expecting in the first movie or wasn't necessarily anticipating. This way I got more into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She, um, I actually thought like she did a pretty good job of like, like, I believed that she was able to, like, kind of wriggle her way into to Kevin's head. Right. Yeah. Yes. If there was anything, because, like, in Unbreakable, it's like, uh, what's his kryptonite is water. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, the beast's kryptonite is, like, his own, his his original person. His yes. His original being is, like, his kryptonite. His, his weak self. His weak self. It, that's his Dr. Banner. Right. It's his Bruce Banner. Right. his Hulk. Yes. Anyway, I do believe that, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, do we want to talk about the performances? Do we want to talk about um, the the Casey performance and that story and how heartbreaking that is? Yeah, like, I guess at what point? Like, the whole thing is, um, I like the, um, I think Casey's story is very interesting. Um, because right off the bat, like, you get that she's kind of the outsider, mm. and they make a point in talking about it. And not like a, um, you know, not like a, these kids are, m- like, mean to her or no. nasty or whatever. They're just, they're being cordial. Right. And they're fine with they her. They just know she's different. Yes. Yeah. Um, right away, we know she's going to be the final girl. I mean, right away, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, but because of that, I think he plays around with that, too. Yes. You know? I, I think it's interesting that, like, I love her reactions through the movie. Like, she's very cool-headed, um, but also, like, she's scared, but she's right. knowing how to deal with it. Right. And, like, um, you get a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of that comes out in the flashbacks, too. Yes. Um she says, uh, I, I thought it was interesting and like the way they deal with like in the, in the beginning, uh, the one personality goes to grab her. Dennis goes to grab, uh, was it Marsha? Yeah. And, uh, she tells Marsha, you know, pee on yourself. Right. And it's like, okay, like, is that just, you know, something you've learned or whatever it mm-hmm. is, but she, she gets taken away and she does it. 
and ends up being okay. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, getting away. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that sets off like a whole chain of things to think about. Like, and I didn't think much of like the pee on yourself thing to, in the first round of viewing of this, but like when we watched it today, um, I think it comes out like her story speaks a little bit more like, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of give everybody some background. Like we get several flashbacks to right. when, uh, which by the way, these flashbacks work for me. Yes. Yeah. It's because of how they're delivered. Right. And, and they're not long. No, they're very short and they tell a lot, mm-hmm. which is their visual mm-hmm. and like very few like words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you get the, um, you get uh, the story. They're going on a hunting trip. It's the dad and the uncle and uh, little Casey. Who's, she's got to be, what, like five? Probably six, something yeah, like that. She's very young. Yeah. And uh, the uh, they're, they're going out and the dad is talking and, like, he, you know, they're talking about how the uncle is buck crazy because he's not like watching the body of this thing he's like looking at the antlers um you know he's just looking at the flash around it but not really you know what you're supposed to and so they go hunting um you know they're talking about like focusing up and making sure that you're doing this right and like he's trained his daughter for the hunting for the hunt taught her these things the father has um and then uh later the uncle is like, hey, Casey, let's go out and play. And so they go out there. Uh, and then you realize that right. he's sexually abusing right. her, uh, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. And um, like there's if you feel so bad for the little girl in the right. scene, too. Like it's because it's not even like like overtly like aggressive or whatever. They just have where he's like, hey, like. Let's go play animals. You know, animals don't wear clothes when they play, right. you know, and this kind of stuff. And it's like, with, oh. With, with M. Night, there's always, there's always like, scenes that are just so heartbreaking. Yes. And I think they're the scariest moment of the movie. Um, because he does he does have a tendency to set his stuff around supernatural or horror or thrillerness. Yes. And I think when, uh, when push comes to shove, I think... Uh, like for instance, the scene in the Sixth Sense when uh, the videotape of the of the kid who's being poisoned by his parents because of the the insurance money, they want to pretty much just kill the parent or the kill the kid. So yeah. They keep poisoning him. That's almost more horror. Like I remember that stuff more, and that stuff frightens me more. Yes. Than like the supernatural stuff or the horror stuff in yeah. anything. And he knows to when to do it, and he knows how much of to do it, and he knows exactly the impact that's going to have. Oh yeah, right. Well, and sometimes it backfires because in the movie it's like, uh, but it all depends on what what you know the movie is. Yeah. Um. You know. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um. But there are certain aspects of that. So there's always there's always this grittiness. Yeah. That happens to his movies, no matter how. I don't know. There's it's something you know what I mean. There's yeah. it's hard to describe, but there's something because it's very color coded the way he is. He always has muted colors, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. this movie. The, but they're always they're never bright, right? Right. The only bright thing about this movie is the yellow jacket and the yellow flowers that are on. Which I don't know why there's a symbolism in that, but there's the yellow flowers on the bed. Yes, and, and that's about the only brightness that you ever really we, see. We get some like. Um, the first time we run into, uh, the first time that Dennis, the Dennis right. personality goes to the doctor's office, uh, right. pretending to be Barry, Barry, like always wears a purple jacket. That's true. And so we see the purple jacket and, you know, again, the same color coding, like it goes back to the comic book thing right. as far as like, uh, but even that they talk about an unbreakable, like these right. purple tones and stuff like that. But even those are like, because I mean, it's not like bright. Right. You know, it's, it's it's this muted yep. purple that glass has. Yes. You know, too. Um so the Casey's story, so uh the uncle comes back to the camp and Casey is there and she has a shotgun and she's the little girl is going to shoot the uncle. And uh he kind of talks her down, like and, and through partially through like 
being mean to her and doing whatever, just like distracting till he gets a hold of the gun. Right. Um, but like, I think there's that parallel with like, um, you know, the, the buck fever, like he got distracted by the antlers, you know, instead of aiming for the body and taking your shot. And she did the same thing. Right. She got distracted by fear. You know, he put fear into her and so she didn't take right. the shot. And then she ends up paying for it for years right. because uh, we learned that the father passes away from a heart attack uh, and the uncle gets custody of her. Right. These are two broken characters. Both of these people are broken. They're broken yes. characters. And, and I love there's there's a quote at the end of the movie where he's like trying to break into the bars because he's trying the beast is trying to get to her. Yes. And then notices that she <clears throat> has has been abused. And he says, ha ha. You're different. And yeah. he says something like, um, the broken are 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 the savior or something like that. Like in, in in that terms. Which is so great because the first movie that this is based on, it's called Unbreakable. Yeah. So the whole point of that movie is that he can't he can't there's he's so unbreakable. You know, he never gets sick, he never breaks a bone. Here we also have that, not just with Mr. Glass, but then you also have this with this where these characters, yes, are strong, but they're strong through through because they've been broken. The they've broken are more evolved. Yes, or more evolved. Says. Yeah. And so in a way they are stronger because they're more evolved because they've been through shit and back. Yes. Which is almost even more scary. Well, and think about it too. Even she has too. Yeah. And she's the hero of uh, in a way of, of, of the whole story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we and she even says early on, like so um, like uh, the other girls who are with her, Claire and Marsha, they're talking about like what they're gonna do, how right. they're gonna get out, and like I took karate, and she's like, you took karate at like the the mall, mm. <laughs> whatever, like three months of karate at the mall, like mm. she like everything comes so easy to you that you don't understand yeah, it, yeah, that you don't understand it because because you, you don't have to fight for it, yeah, you don't have to go through shit to yeah you to get it, yeah, you think you can you easily think, do this and yeah. you escaping is too easy and because we get like they mentioned something about like her running away all the time or like running away from home she gets in fights with teachers Casey does um you know like yeah and like um, basically these kind of fighting against authority kind of things Mm -hmm. and like trying to get away but she never can sure so let's talk about James McAvoy's performance because you can't talk about this movie without talking about his performance um My opinion in 2016, James McAvoy was robbed for a nomination for best actor in a movie. These these movies do not get recognition like they do deserve. Um, and he got robbed for this. This yep. is an amazing performance, if not his best performance uh, that I've ever seen on on screen. And he he's a great actor to begin with, right? Yes, he's yeah. a wonderful actor. There's something about this movie and this performance. That he hits every note correctly, yeah, and every different personality that he has. There's times where he changes so frequent and so often, you exactly know who you're looking at. Yes, within the moment when yeah. he changes, you yes. know what I mean. You're like, that's Patricia. You're like, that's Dennis. Yep, just the way his posture just like changes, that. just what, the way he's standing, the way he's moving. Um, it's just amazing. Like all all around amazing well, even even like um and they do a great thing with like the doctor paying attention but like you get mm-hmm. uh the first few times that we meet Barry uh like the fashion designer mm-hmm. like the gay fashion designer kind of you know person You don't know if he's gay you're just assuming Jeremy I okay <laughs> the uh <laughs> but uh it's actually Dennis playing Barry. Right. Uh, and so, like, you, to have a character inside playing that, another yeah. character that, like, you're That's both of those. Inside like, another character yeah, itself. Very, yeah. yeah, very difficult. And so, like, yeah, I agree with you. I think he got robbed. I think he should have been yeah. recognized for what he was doing. Well, there's no reason why he shouldn't have been. No. I mean, perhaps there was other. I can't remember who won that year. I'd have to go back, but here's here's the thing: we can get, I don't, these movies are a specific genre, and they don't get nominated for awards like that, which is a shame. I think you're seeing it a lot more now, especially with Get Out, 
um, Jordan Peele, but again, not one just for screenplay alone. So you get these things that just went for screenplay. Even Sixth Sense itself won for for screenplay, even though he was nominated for directing, which he should be. Look, there are like with M Night, it's it's a little bit different, difficult. Okay, so there are movies that are just awful from him, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's all, but he knows how to shoot a scene. Even though it's awful, you know he does. He frames it wonderfully. Like, yes, look at does. the happening. There are moments in that movie, even though that's a shitty movie, where I'm like, you frame that pretty good he, to what you're getting your point across, even though your point is shit. As as a uh, as a filmmaker in general, like I think he does great visually. Mm-hmm. I think his stories are typically lacking, but like the one thing I will credit him with, I think that uh, M Night is a I think he does a really good job of telling modern day fairy tales. Yeah. Yes. Um he tells you about monsters and angels mm-hmm. and he tells you about like these cautionary tales that like, you know, the way that like fairy tales originally were, mm-hmm. they weren't all like happy and sunshine and candy farts. They were like you know, sometimes dark and a little twisted right. and everything. And it gets a little like on the nose with Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water is really on the nose, but again, there's scenes in that that I'm like, I'm impressed by just watching it. Yeah, you know, yes. is it a is it a great movie? No. By the way, um, so, so I looked up that yeah. would have been so those would have been the Oscars in 2017. Okay, yeah. Since this movie came out in 2016, sure. Uh, that was the year that Moonlight won. No, no, it would have been That's the, the 2017 year after Oscars. That. Nope. That was February 26, okay, so 2017. Actor. Uh, so, best actor, Casey Affleck, Manchester oh, by the Sea. Come on. Yeah, even though he's fine in that movie. And know. also nominated were Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, La La Land for his saving of jazz. See, he saved jazz. Uh, yes. Uh, Vigo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. And then Denzel Washington and Fences. Okay. Take out you can probably take out one or two of those and put James McAvoy in there. Would would he be best supporting? James McAvoy? I'm just saying he is the he is this movie. Yeah, but they sometimes that gets. But really no, hard. I'm sorry. If Anthony Hopkins can win win the Academy Award for being on screen for eight minutes, James McAvoy can win. Uh, well, I agree. I yeah. agree. So, what is your favorite personality that uh, Kevin has? Um. I, you know, it's hard to say. And like some of them we really don't get to meet. There's many right. of them. There's we many don't we don't get to meet. I think um, in Glass we meet more. We see a few of them like Orwell and Jade just briefly. Just briefly. Um, I honestly like the one like scarier than Dennis for me is I, Patricia. I love Patricia. Yes. I love Patricia for many reasons. I love Patricia because she's scary. I think she's scarier than Dennis. I do too. I think she's in more control than you think of of Dennis. Yeah. Um, I love, I think she's funny and I think she's scary at the same time. I think McAvoy plays her wonderful. I think it's just, and he has a fun time doing it. Yeah. And I think he has more fun doing that than he does <laughs> Dennis, to tell you the truth. She, to me, is like um, the Beast's High Priestess. Yes. Like she's like the one something, who. Yeah. She's, she's the one like who's been, she's making like a lot Macbeth. of that happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, uh, to me, that is the scariest person up because she's, because she's like, you are like, oh, she's kind of nurturing and sweet. And then you mm-hmm. realize that that's not really what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, and I think, and it's her, to, I think it's more, it, it's like the closest he has of his mom too, in a way. Yes. You know, being all perfect and stuff. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about how there is that fan theory going around and that uh, Kevin is in Unbreakable? Yes. Well, we only get one real flashback about Kevin in this one, right? Um, and we we see him, um, we see him like uh, under the bed, and his mom is like yelling his name to come out. Yeah, and she's got a wire hanger. Right. That she's about to beat him with because he made a mess. Yeah. And she's Joan Crawford. Right. And we, we hear through uh, we hear through the doctor's kind of like expository dialogue right. that like 
uh, you know, you you suffered physical abuse at the hands of. Well, first of all, we didn't even know who the original one was. So we we through her dialogue, we found out that it's Kevin is the yes. original one. Yes, Kevin yeah. is the original. Uh, we find out that uh, you know Kevin suffered abuse at the, the hands of his mother, um, and we hear um, how does she put it? Something about like um, you know that you had to create these other personalities to protect him. Sounds like Dennis might have been one of the first ones, which is why he's kind of got the OCD, right? Um, but like he's a tough one, right? To protect him and Patricia too, I think was also kind of mm-hmm. out of that with like the. The cleanly organized right. one. Um, they say that uh, Kevin's dad was on the same train. Well, they say he w- got on a train and left and never came back. Right. Yeah. So that could have been the same train that uh, Bruce Willis' character was in. kind of, especially once you start connecting. When you say a train later, and yeah. you're in an, unbra- you know. Yeah, it starts to kind of put two to two together. And at, at first at first viewing, you're not even knowing you're in an unbreakable movie. Right. You know what I mean? Um but they also talk about like the doctor talks about how like the personalities eventually like Dennis and Patricia, I think as he is as uh Kevin is like trying to um kind of uh like integrate into society uh, Dennis and Patricia are actually banned from, well, they call it taking the light, which is like uh, all the personalities, they have a light that they basically share. Whoever has possession of the light is the personality who comes out. Right. And uh, we learn certain things like Hedwig, who is like the, the nine-year-old boy one. Uh, we learn that Hedwig can give it to, he can take it anytime he wants, which I think might be like his like kind of shattered childhood piece. Um. So he, he can take it whenever he wants, um, and he can give it to whoever, too. Uh-huh. And so, but most of the other characters are the ones who take it and are, uh, you know, kind of doing whatever. And they actually, they talk to Hedwig, too, and say, like, well, uh, you know, they're always mad at Hedwig because he messed up. And because, like, he, because he messed something up. And... Uh, so, like, they, they are taking the personalities and stuff. But Dennis and Patricia, we learned, are banned from the light. Like, they've been kind of suppressed and don't get to mm-hmm. come out. Um, probably because Kevin didn't want to have them out there when he was integrating into society. Like, you don't need those personalities. They're problematic, right? So, the other ones come out in those cases. Yes. And so, but somehow, they call them the Horde. Dennis, uh, Patricia, and Hedwig, they've taken back over. Mm. Uh, they they convinced Hedwig that, like, if they get the light and if they're the ones who bring the beast out here, that, like, nobody will make fun of Hedwig anymore. So Hedwig's like, okay. So yeah. he's been sharing the light with them. Right. So there is that fan theory in Unbreakable. Yes. Like I, was just, I was saying, where um, the uh, in Unbreakable, he's, he's at, uh, at the football game, right? Yes. And obviously he's Bruce Willis is a security guard, and um, there's a scene where it, it looks like a throwaway scene, kind of in a way. He he uh, rubs against because uh, he can tell someone bad by their touch or whatever what yeah. they've done bad, and he graces the shoulder of a woman, and he turns around, and that woman has a young child, um, a young boy, who um, fan theory is that that's Kevin, and Kevin's mom. Mm-hmm. And that Bruce Willis right there knows that that mom has been abusive to towards this this kid. And maybe he knows that that kid is also going to, you know, do terrible things as well. Yeah. So in a way, Bruce Willis already, already met his arch enemy a long time ago. Now, if you're going through comic book reasons, kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is also, I don't think, did M. Night verify this? I don't know if he did. I don't know if it's I, just a fan I thought theory. I read that he mentioned that he mentions he that mentions he that was going to write Kevin into the original script, the original Unbreakable, which would have been not good. I don't right. think. But I also think that that's. I think that he heard the theory and was like, "I like that." How many yeah. times have you seen that happen? Where somebody's like, "Yep," whether it's I'm sorry, but J.K. Rowling, 
Like, like as much as I like the stuff she adds sometimes, like her stories. But after it could the be, fact. Tr- but it also could be true because he, if he wrote him in, 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 in there and he needed to cut a bunch of that, he still wanted to keep that in there. So maybe he did write that as kind of a, a, a wink. But who knew that? You know, he didn't know that. Th- like fifteen years later, he would get like something, you know, greenlit so he could make another movie. You know what I mean? You know. Usually these people would think that the sequel would come out pretty quickly right after that. Yes. So who knows? We don't know. That's why it's a fan theory. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but tell me, we've been talking about a lot about Unbreakable. Why are we talking about Unbreakable when we're talking about Split, Jeremy? Is this why this is a sidequel? Yes, it is. Go ahead. Because the world's are hard to... Right. Unwind. So the end of the movie when yes. when uh, the, uh, the so the beast, beast comes forward, yeah. and so we get this scene like, and usually you get these. I think this is a darker kind of like section of this than like usually you get with M Night Shyamalan. He likes having like the um, people are overcoming things a little bit or well, kind it's of an getting past the story of a bad guy. Yes, it is, so, which you know, is why it's movie. appropriate, but right. it's like, oh, okay. But we didn't know that. Yeah, you don't like, know that going yeah, into you it You see um, the doctor is kind of waking up, and she's, like, writing something, which is, um, she says you have to say his name. That's his weakness, because that'll disrupt the personalities. Um, but but she ends up getting killed. Uh, at the same time, like, you see the, like, the girls, we have this big, long scene where they're almost getting free. Uh, Marsha has made a coat hanger hook and has like managed to kind of like hook onto the latch of the door and try to open it. And it looks like she's about to, but like the next time, next thing we see is Casey gets out and she's walking and the door is open. So you think maybe they got out and they left her. She looks in there and Marsha is dead and it looks like her stomach has been ripped open. Uh, And then She's like, holy shit. So she goes to the next one and she sees uh, Claire on the ground. And she's like, Claire, we have to get out of here. We have to get out. And then you see her get pulled back in there. And the beast is basically just like feeding on her like a lion. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, shit. So she closes and locks the door uh, and is like trying to get out of the place. And uh, the beast chases her down. Uh, and she's taking some shots at him. Like she gets the shotgun and gets the, the shells. There is a, there's a whole thing for like a minute. She, she basically uses Kevin's weak, uses Kevin's full name. Uh, and he powers down, uh, before the personalities all come out. Right. Which again. Is what so, we talked about. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing, he goes, he's like, the la- where am I? He's like, the last thing I remember, I was on a bus He's like, is it still September of whatever, uh, of 2014? 2014. Which means that, like, for a couple years he's been suppressed. Uh, And so uh, she ends up getting away. The beast gets out and chases her down. Uh, And, like, the whole movie, she has shirts that, like... uh, Cover her. Yeah, like, she's wearing lots and lots of layers. Uh, and uh, Dennis keeps trying to take them from her because they're dirty or they're whatever. And he's OCD. She's uh, they're taking them, and they finally get down to the last one. Like he manages to rip her shirt, uh, and it's got a green like undershirt thing, like a green tank or something underneath of it. Um, but again, when you go by the color spectrum, think about like uh, like with comic books, green is always kind of your heroic, right? Yeah, so. Um, and even like in Unbreakable, he has a the green, green poncho, green poncho. Yeah, yeah. same kind of a deal. And so uh, when he, he ends up seeing her and seeing all the scars on her, and that's when the beast leaves her alone because he realizes she's broken yeah. too. So he takes off. Yeah. Um, Some random rando guy finds her. Yes, because uh, now she's in the upper levels of the zoo. Of, of a He's, zoo? And yeah. We didn't even know where she was. Yep, she's been in a yeah. zoo the whole time. And the clues are kind of there if you look the clues are there enough. You, but like, um, I, I saw them more on the second viewing than the yeah. first. But um, he ends up, or she ends up, uh, they're talking on the news about all of them. Mm. And like, she had she'd shot the... Um, shot the beast, like, pretty point blank with a shotgun. And it was just like superficial damage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so the Horde is talking about like starting over and they're going to see us and they're going to see our power and whatever. Um, and so you see them in a diner later. They're talking about, uh, you know, here is these deaths, you know, these people, here was the abduction, you know, this girl's the only survivor. Um, you know, you, uh, they say they, they said like, he's got all these personalities, including one that they call the horde because it's like based off of like all the beasts that, you know, one personality is comprised of all the animals, at the zoo and, uh, somebody's sitting at this diner. They're all listening to this. And she goes, this reminds me a couple of years ago. There was this guy. No, she says 15 years yeah, ago. 15 years ago. There was this she guy. Had a memory for 15 years. Yeah. Well, you would remember something yeah. like that. I think too, though. Um, there's this guy who did all those crazy terrorist, yeah, you know, attacks. This, like yeah. he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. He was in a wheelchair. Like, what was his name? Yeah. And then when she kind of, it pans around and she leans back a little bit, Bruce Willis is there. Yeah. And he goes, Mr. Glass. And then you realize, oh shit. Right. This is part beautiful, of the same universe. Yeah. Beautiful. When that happens, you're like, yes. Not only did you not know that this was actually a sequel or as we say, a sidequel, because yeah. it's more of a sequel. Yes. Um, you didn't even know it was an origin story. Yeah. Right? To a comic book in a way. Yes. So he he had to pull off two tricks. And he does it wonderful. I think he does it great. He does a great job. And it all gets shattered when Ooh. Bruce Willis yeah. shows up and you're like, oh shit. Yes. Here it is. So Yeah, and that's when it's yeah. revealed it's the same world as the other one. So it's, it's so it's in the same world. So Sidequel is just in, in the same world, right? Yep, same world, but the might not be happening not. at the same time, but right. it's in the same world. So yes. So like um I would I would include something more like um what was that Fast and the Furious one that just came out? Oh, uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, Calvin and Hobbes. Right, Fast and Furious yeah. Calvin and Hobbes. Um, what is it? Something in Hobbes. Something in Hobbes. Calvin. It's not Calvin. Yes, it was and Calvin Hobbes. and Hobbes. And they were, uh, you know, a, a, a boy <laughs> that would Calvin. They were, and they, were, they were. They were a boy that would pee on uh, Ford signs, and then a tiger. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. Am I right? Yes, you are correct. Uh, I don't know. But you know what I mean. It's more of a size. It's, it's, but those are, but, but that's what's more that of a with spin the spinoff? I mean, yeah. how's it, how's this not a spinoff? Because I don't think this is a spinoff. Spinoff almost tells its own story. This is in conjunction with Hobbes like and a Shaw. Story. Way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hobbes and Shaw is more Hobbes of a spinoff because its characters have been introduced already right. and it's like spun off from that. Right. Um, this is something where like the whole story takes place in this world that we really, or takes place in this whole like group of people or this right. origin that we have not been introduced to. And then later we realize it's like part of that same world. Yeah. So this is more of an example of a side cool. It doesn't have to be happening in tandem with the other one. It just right. has to exist within the same universe. Right. And once you realize it is must follow in vein of the story of it, yeah. not necessarily tangent of that story yes that's the spinoff now if so, it were happening at the same time as unbreakable right then it would be a parable but obviously it's not correct because you know, because Kevin had 15 to years later have to grow up so let's uh, go through our five questions shall we yes let's yes. do that we will go through our first question is what's the what's best part, the best part? <laughs> um you know this isn't as good as unbreakable but it's up there yeah it's, it's a really good movie um I mean, obviously James McAvoy is just hits it out of the park in this movie. And if you were going to say what's the best part of the, this movie it is him. Um, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say my favorite part is the scene that happens early on when they are captured. And you have um, the three girls and they're sitting on the bed. And the two girls are sitting on one, one of the beds. And Casey's sitting on, on the other bed. And it's split down the middle. And it just shows the division between this girl and and the two mm-hmm. other girls that, that are in there. And all that pretty much, for me, sets up everything that we need to know that's going to go on through this movie. It sets up the fact that, like, here she is. She's, she's different than everyone else. He's different than everyone else. Yes. He has many people inside him. She's got many feelings that are of, of angst inside her. Yeah. You know? These people on the on the other side of the room, they don't understand, and so they they're just 
kind of extras in, yes. in a way. Um, so to me, that scene is for me the best part of the movie. But it is James McAvoy. Um, yeah, it's really hard to contend with James McAvoy mm-hmm. in this in this category. But like, I would say, um, I think that I really like the character of Casey, uh, mm-hmm. and I like that. You know, like you said, from the very beginning, you're like, oh, she's probably going to be our survivor girl. That shouldn't have been someone that we know. It should have been uh, someone like this that we, yeah. we, we were getting to well, know. Like, not a I famous like, person. I like the, like, yeah, you know she's the survivor girl. Mm. But the thing that I like is that you don't necessarily know why. Well, and, you, and you also don't know how she survives. Yes. Well, the, the first time that I saw this, too, like, um, you know, like, it's much more apparent to me this time. And, like, I obviously saw it and was kind of like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, the first time I saw it. But, like, this time, I really saw a lot more, like, when she says, you know, pee on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's because she's been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. When uh, Dennis comes in, he's like, I'm sorry for doing these things before. Here's the cleaning products. You know, they need to be used like this and this. And, like, he kind of snaps and is like, come over here. She does what she's supposed mm-hmm. to do and goes along with it because mm-hmm. that's part of her surviving. Mm-hmm. It's not just that she's born this strong character. She's uh, she's forged in fire, you know, like she's tempered steel. Yeah. And here's, she's, the thing, though. here's the thing. We don't know. There is a scene at the end of the movie where the, the policeman says... Um, your uncle's here to pick you up. We don't know if she goes back with the uncle. You know what I mean? We just assume that she does. Um, Because in the beginning of this movie, she's weak. She's she's just like them. She's weak. But there's part of her that is a survivor in a way. Yeah. That she grows out up and she learns, you know. I I don't think that she's weak. I don't think she's weak. The whole thing. I think she's she's suppressed. Yeah. But I think she I think she's learned to do She's learned to survive with the monster that was at hand, which was like obey, do what you're right. supposed to. Like she's tried to escape, it doesn't work, so you just make it through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like, as much as I don't like to speculate too, because I at this point I have not seen Glass, right? right. But um, the thing that it's interesting. Um, you know, you see like origin stories as far as like, you know, here's your hero and like here's the hero and villain kind of a thing. Um, you know, like part of me is just like, this is almost like the liberation part of Casey where um, just personally from watching it, I'm like, oh man, because this is where he's like, you're free because you've been broken and, and yeah. rebuilt yes. you know you've been molded back and it's together almost like and she like, needs to know that and yeah. learn that she's she's strong before she because to, she knows how to survive yes now she's going to know how to like flourish right i think here's and the like, thing so part of me is like yeah. she's probably going to go back and just kill her uncle <laughs> one monster made her the way she is and another monster brought what she really is out and so that's what i'm talking about yes you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's like part of me is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I found out she killed her uncle the next thing, and she became semi villainous, I'd be like, yeah, all right, yeah, like fine. I get it. <laughs> or so. she, or she reported him and he, he got taken away. Fine, perfect. Yeah. Question two: uh, Reboot, continue, or cancel? Well, obviously, um, Glass has uh, happened. It yes. Is here and there. Uh, this is a little harder because I just think uh, I think it's done. Yeah. I think it, you just I, need to. Have a, have a trilogy. Yeah. I don't think you need to continue I don't think you need anything it. else. I don't even think you need to spin anything off. Nope. There's nothing you can't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Now, like, if there were other things, it's hard to say, like... It's, if if other movies of his were connected to it, in a way, I would be okay with you, that. You could only like, do I mean, so much, though. Because, like, so like, the happening is pretty... If whole parts of the world are, like, dying, it's like, now, wait a minute. Um, like, if Sixth Sense was part of that, okay. Like that would make sense to me. Even yeah, like I see the, that more than anything. The village could be. I mean, like it's just an isolated story right. somewhere. But yeah. like, um, we assume maybe the village could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's things that could be. 
be happening. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but like, I almost think this needs to just be encapsulated in its own thing. Yeah. Um, because it is like, it's a movie with like comic book iconography in it, but it's not actually yeah. like. And you want, comic and you want that movie. third movie. You want to see them all together. Yes. I mean, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I think they need to, after, I think they need, they had glass and I think they need to end it after yep. glass. Yep. Um, or hear me out. No. An animated children's cartoon. Okay, done. Nothing. On Netflix. No, going, uh, DreamWorks. Three? Third question? Uh, not even, not getting even <laughs> attempt to even <laughs> to talk even, about that. To even say what it is. It's a post-apocalyptic world and gremlins no. are everywhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does this movie stand on its own? Is the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, is that part of the... It is. Unbreakable, the unbreakable comma, Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. She, she unbreakable is. colon Kimmy Schmidt. She was in a bunker. Uh, she was. No, she was this is not in a bunker by its own. No. Okay. No. There's no possible way it does. Because does this movie stand on its own? No. No. The end of the movie because because of the end of the movie. Yes, up into that point, yeah. the movie stands on its own. But but because you put that stinger in it, it doesn't for me. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Uh, up so until that up point. to like if you're watching this movie for the first time, it stands completely on its own. Yes. But once you realize what this movie is doing, it does not stand on its own because then you go, wait, what? What happened 15 years ago? Yeah. Why is Bruce Willis at the end of this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I um. So from everything I read, so this scene with Bruce Willis was like was not in it for test audiences to spoil it. Right. And it wasn't in the original script because they were like, well, we hit it so that nobody knew what it was. If when this they read was it. just a different M9, and this could work, by but, the way. But I'm looking at the evidence here. There was this, there was the scene at the very end with the mirror that M9 admits he had to go back and right, shoot and because like the original yeah. ending, he claims it was so dark. It was so it dark was like, and cool. It was Dennis. It's cool. It was like Dennis uh, slash Patricia, the horde basically sitting on top of a building looking at like a school bus and going all those, you know, all those untempered souls or whatever it was. I honestly think that was the ending. Yeah. And then he added the Bruce Willis part and the mirror stuff in later and was just like make them part of the same Mm -hmm. thing. Like, I think a lot of that was afterthought, honestly. Well, I think it was. I think he he did want to, but I think that he wanted to make sure everything maybe was copacetic and didn't want any of that to get out too. Yeah, because it is such a big shock. Yes. Um, for it to be for this to be a sequel, and to keep something even in in twenty sixteen a secret like that. Um, do you think that, regardless of that question, do you think this movie is a good movie if it doesn't have the twist? Because I think it is. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think the, for me, the twisty part is not like the Bruce Willis thing. That's just fun. But like the, the I think the twisty is the, the origin story of the villain. Yeah. Well, I think the twisty part for me is the, um, where the shirt finally gets ripped and you see like, Oh, gotcha. Like, and it is like, just like his stuff is buried deep inside of him. Like his broken psyche. She's broken, mm-hmm. but she wears it under layers and layers of shirts. Like, they essentially are the same yeah. thing. But you agree, though, and like, it, I don't think it stands on its own because of that, that one scene. Yeah, if that, I mean, I think if the scene was not there, yeah. it would. Yeah. But because it's there. But it we also wouldn't be talking of, about it like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reason why it doesn't stand yes. on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, does this make want to make you watch Unbreakable? Yes. It makes me want to watch this. It makes me want to watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. All four seasons. And it also makes me want to watch Glass. Just yes. because I'm just interested in knowing where the story goes. So yeah, yes, I am too. It makes me want to watch everything of that universe. And right. it makes me want to watch The Sixth Sense. It makes me want to watch some good, you know, even Signs is, is an okay M. Night movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it makes me kind of miss the, those days of, of, of M. Night actually, you know, making like somewhat decent the last movies. airbender. No, I don't want to watch that. It does you, not make me need watch to Lady watch the water either. You'll watch it and be born. I out get of what he's fire. doing in the water, but I just don't, I don't want to like accept it because I just think it's a not great movie. 
What, the last airbender? No, the Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I get sucks. what he's trying to do. I, I think too. he's trying to build something. I think that's what he was... I think he was trying to do that more in that movie than he was in Unbreakable. Yeah, agreed. You know? Agreed. I think, like, maybe he was just like, ooh, maybe I can do this. And yeah. I kind of got that idea. Yeah. And, and I think that's grandiose. why, like... I think that's where Split comes from. I think Split is more of like a... I honestly think it's more of an afterthought. I think he had all these, like what he would like to do, but never actually came to fruition. And years later, he was like, I have this movie. If it's I an afterthought, make. then Glass is a piece of shit, probably movie. Do you know what I mean? At, well, it doesn't mean it is. I don't know. I'm just I mean, like, if I think Split was probably like a, oh shit, could I make this part of that world and puts it together? And it probably just logistically makes, I don't know. Okay. I hear such mixed reviews about it. I'm so oh, glass? excited to see it. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still excited we'll to still see watch it, though. It. Um, some of your experiences in two words. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going no, to mine say. Was go ahead. Go ahead. Was it, go ahead. Go ahead. That's four words. No. Uh, uh, well, three words twice as nice. Can I do tw- three words? I mean, look, this is a loose two. It's twice as nice. I like it. <laughs> okay. Twice nice. Twice nice. Twice nice. Nice twice. Nice twice. I think even even if it's an afterthought, it's a wonderful afterthought, and I love everything about the afterthought. Yeah. It's a wonderful afterthought. Yeah. Boom. Those are my two words. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Go ahead. Just for the record, he really just dropped pencils or yeah. pens or whatever that was. I'm not going to um, drop these mics. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, tempered steel. Because it's steel that has been like, you know, basically gone through fire and forge over and over and it becomes tougher and tougher and we see that both in the villain and in our heroine of the there story yeah. um i think it's really a story about being broken and then what is built after right. if anything. that's what i mean yeah yeah if this was called broken it would have given away yeah this, is, this called is called breakable split instead of i'm um, you know broken the broken kimmy schmidt not unbreakable yeah yeah but like i said like i think it's I think you have a person that's like through him, uh, Bruce Willis's character in Un- Unbreakable, who um, just is kind of like I don't really. He's like this reluctant hero, right? Yeah. He doesn't really want this, and he's unbreakable. You know, he he can't be hurt except when he falls into two feet of water. And um, you have these people who are hardcore, been hurt in life, and so they've been yes. broken themselves. But I think that they're even stronger than him because they've had shit happen to him. So, yeah, that's my afterthought. Yeah. Your afterthought? Um, I, you know, like, I think this is, I think he does a really good job of, like, looking at, like, you know, I mean, it has kind of this, like, feeling around, like, the comic book thing. I think people have been like, oh, that's, like, his comic book kind of movie. Yeah. But it's not just a comic book movie. These I don't are, think these it are is standard, standard storytelling, like hero myth kind of tropes. I mean, when you go back and you think about it, like this you have your a, this is horror too. This is throwing yeah. Like, well, you have your book. you have your reluctant hero, yeah. in Bruce Willis's character, and then in uh, this one you have uh, your villain. The best villains. I remember somebody telling me this. The best villains are the ones who think they're heroes, right? And it's true, like. All of this that's happening where it's like, oh, the beast is coming, whatever. Like, his whole thing is, I'm going to make this world stronger by putting it through hell so that they but, come out stronger on the other side. But but, but Glass's character is, thinks he's the hero, almost in a way. He knows yeah. he's the villain, but he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like yeah. Adrian Veidt. If anything, this is not in comic books themselves. Are are It's nothing new. It's just a different type of, of, of way of... of, of telling almost uh, your your hero myths in a way. Yes. You know, it's just another outlet to do that in a way that this is too. So in terms, this is more of a, uh, a Greek mythology than it is than, you know, a comic book movie it's just, or a horror it's, movie. It's, it's, it's mythology it's, in itself. Yeah, mythology that goes through not just Greek right. and Roman myth, but like and I think the, M. Night loves yeah. that, and I think that's fine. That's why I don't think it's necessarily more of an afterthought and more of an after-dinner mint. <laughs> All right, that concludes uh, this episode. Uh, the, we uh, put the uh, you've been deuced on split. I don't know. It was kind of split on my talking there. I don't know what went on. 
Uh, should we tell everyone what we're doing next uh, with our yes. Let's Do series? Uh, are we going to do the number two up there or number well, three? Well, we, we should probably do the Paracool next, I think. Okay, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So just since we've already talked about right. it so much. So uh, our next movie is our Paracool choice. Right. Uh, should we say what it is? Or if you want to. I mean, if mystery. people ever know what it is. Yeah, I think we should leave it a mystery. Leave it a mystery. Yeah. Mystery. But it's a Paracool. Paracool. So there you go. And the Paracool, again, what is that? Um, some uh, It's a movie where the events are happening in parallel with a different movie. So there you go. So uh, try to figure that one out, and we'll see you next week. Uh, but remember, the sequel is king.